who are the most hated Padres in the 2020s? Well, we got Javier Reyes of Lockdown Padres. So I could tell you the Padres I hate the most since the year 2020 started. And he'll tell you the D-backs he hates the most since 2020. All on today's Locked on Diamondbacks crossover. You are Locked on Diamondbacks. Your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into the Lockdown Dimebacks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com to see all of my latest work. And thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms. So please continue to tell your friends. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Now, without further ado, to talk about the most hated players on our respective team since 2020, I'll tell you the Padres I hate the most. He'll tell you the D-backs he hates the most since 2020 has started. So let's bring on the man of the hour, Javier Reyes of Lockdown Padres. How are you doing, sir? Doing great, man. It's funny because when originally we were doing this, I thought we were actually going to talk about our own players. Um, but I'm excited to talk about each other's players and kind of give a it's a hater's guide you know what i mean we're, we're 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 being haters today and every now and then i think that that is not only important but just vitally necessary for survival you have to let a little bit of hate out uh even though frankly the real team that i think both of us hate that we would love to talk about players that we hate is the dodgers uh but even still we do crosses over all the time so i think it'll be fun and i'll probably end up going on a diatribe about a Padres player that everyone knows I've gone on plenty of diatribes about by the end of this. But even so, sir, as always, I am thrilled to be here. Yeah, I think we both um, we could probably do a whole hour podcast on guys we hate from the L.A. Dodgers, most likely. But that is not what we're doing today. And I think whenever we get together, we're not afraid to lean into the haterism or the trollingism when it comes to mm-hmm. doing these crossovers. I think it's a lot of fun sometimes to talk a little bit from the hateful side and We always do that on these podcasts. We're going to do that on today's crossover, but we're going to actually start off with something positive. Javi and I are each going to give you an under-the-radar player to watch out for this spring training because pitchers and catchers, of course, report to camp this week. And so, Javi, I want to hear one under-the-radar San Diego Padre guy, not Manny Machado, not Fernando Tatis, but who should should D-backs fans keep their eye on this spring training? (sighs) I think that the player it's it's between a bunch of different guys because I've talked about on my show for people who don't know Lockdown Padres, of course, check it out wherever. Um, I think that this is the most exciting or at least uh, maybe not exciting isn't the word, just the most interesting spring training uh, the Padres have had in a while, because typically they're a team that's making the big superstar moves. You know, it's we got Xander Bogarts in training camp or the one year when it was like a total like the Avengers were assembly. You get Darvish and you get Snell and you get Hassan Kim. But now it's more about prospects for once. And I think that that's where it starts. And for me, 
it's been a, it's between a few different guys. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think there's actually some interesting pitchers to keep an eye out too. But I think the number one guy has to be Jackson Merrill, uh, their top overall okay. non-Ethan Salas prospect. I don't even know if he counts as under the radar, frankly, um, which is why I'm going to give one more tiny uh, mention here, just because he is the number one overall prospect uh, by most people um, on this team. Ethan Salas technically being number one, but he's – you know, he's a ways away. He's just like 18 years old, right? So uh, Jackson Merrill could very well be the top, the the starting outfielder uh, for this team this year, specifically in center. They've been talking about him. Go check out. Um, there was a piece in The Athletic talking about how he's, you know, going to be playing in the outfield, how he's preparing to play in all sorts of positions from second to short to left to out Oof. to center field. So they're chatting him out everywhere. Um, so movies? he's the guy to look out for. Um, for sure, because this could be the starting center fielder. He's got a really good um, bat-to-ball type of ability. And then I'd say the other one to keep an eye on is Jacob Marcy, because um, just because he could also be potentially a guy that makes the opening day roster because of the Padres' questions in center field and left field specifically. And he won the, like the MVP of the Arizona Fall League last year. Um, granted, it might have been a little bit fraudulent only because some scouts say it was the worst pitching that they'd seen down there in like a decade mm. but even still that's like a little bit more of an unknown right so i think it's the padres outfield guys um jackson merrill being the obvious one and then someone like jacob marcia being another one to keep an eye on okay jackson merrill sounds like a little mini mookie over there could play a little infield can play a little outfield for I mean, this you said, it. Yeah, you hey. said it hey 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 we'll he see I mean, Padres are definitely a team that I consider a little top-heavy, so if you can get some more quality depth pieces in there, like a mm-hmm. Jackson Merrill, because the Padres do have a pretty good farm system in terms of top-end talent, so maybe you start to matriculate some of those guys in, considering you have so many fat contracts on your books over the next few years. You're going to need some of that young talent to come in, be cheap, and play well at the same time, so maybe those are the kind of guys that can help uh, this next era of Padres baseball. From the D-back side, I also was going to give something along the same lines because the first guy I was going to bring up was actually the D-back's top prospect as well, Jordan Lawler. He's someone that did have a small cup of coffee with the D-backs last year, but he only had like 30 at-bats or less, uh, if if even that. Um, And he didn't look good with the D-backs last year. He was only 20 years old. They kind of rushed him through the minor league system. He dealt with injuries. He had a very good double-A and triple-A last year, then had a cup of coffee with the D-backs. He's someone to watch out for just because D-backs, of course, have their all-star in Geraldo Perdomo at shortstop, but he is more of a bridge guy than a long-term option. So the battle for backup shortstop is going to be big this spring training, and Jordan Lawler seems like the best candidate among that bunch if you want a second name just so you're not just looking at the top prospect for the d-backs as an obvious guy a former top prospect for the d-backs christian robinson a lot of off the field issues had a problem getting a visa didn't play baseball from 2020 to 2022 but this was the d-backs number one prospect for multiple years from 2020 2021 he was the d-backs number one guy ahead of the corbin carrolls ahead of the alec thomases and he hadn't played baseball since 2019 came back this past season 900 plus ops showed the power showed the speed once again so d-backs looking for a fourth outfielder to come out this spring training jake mccarthy feels like he has the lead on that competition but christian robson as a former number one guy in the system i think he's someone to watch out for so for both the d-backs and padres 
Sounds like we got some interesting candidates uh, coming out the woodwork. Do you think you expect to see a lot of youngsters for the Padres this year? Do you think Definitely. you will see that? Okay, you think you're going to yeah. see a little transition this season? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it'll be a full transition. I still mm-hmm. think that there's a chance because they're around 166 million right now. A lot of reports say they 200 million is kind of like the max. So I think they could go out and get themselves a Michael A. Taylor and Adam Duvall uh, as a, a a bubble just. Yeah, what was that? <laughs> yeah. I was shocked. I was like, "What is that?" Like, you even you were like, "What was that?" I, like, I don't know what crazy just happened. Graphics over there, Javi. What, what are they paying you on graphics? Hey, hey, I, I, I don't know, man, but I guess they agree with what I'm saying. Uh, for video listeners, go check that out. Um, I think that uh, with this team, it's going to be one of those things where you just see a lot of guys get tryouts. I think at the major league level, and don't get me wrong, like I said. Michael A. Taylor, Adam Duvall are just some players. There's still some trade candidates out there, uh, particularly in right field, if they want to make a trade for, say, an Anthony Santander, guys like that. And then you move Tatis from right field to center field. That could happen, although maybe it's a little bit doubtful. Um, But even still, I think that you're going to get a lot of young, just brand new faces. Uh, Jackson Merrill, like I said, he could be the starting center fielder. It's not impossible. A little bit unlikely, but not impossible. Uh, Graham Pauly, you know what I mean? All these, they have Mm. so many prospects of young guys for a team that's made so many trades to be able to retool their farm system, not to be like, you know, the the degree that the Orioles have, but to just be like really solid and have a lot of high potential guys and some def- decent floor and just good overall depth is a testament to manager AJ Peller's acumen as a scout. Um, so I really think that this is going to be one of those years. And while that might make people upset that it's unproven talent, they just got to all contribute a little bit. You know, I mean, one win players, zero point eight win players. That stuff adds up. That's why the Dodgers are really good. They're good at obviously the stars is the biggest part. But it's also like, guys, they found Jason Hayward last year. They got James Outman. Those guys, those two and a half type of win players, they add up. That's why the Diamondbacks were good. Mm. You can't just have stars only. You know, what I mean, you need to have those guys who help you through the dog days, man. You know, like that's the crazy thing. Like there's going to be times where you're just guys aren't playing well and you need a little bit of a change up and. That's what you do it for. So lots to be excited about when it comes to the young crop, the young up and comers, the future stars, dare I say, of the San Diego Padres. Future draft trade chips for the San Diego Padres and AJ Preller. As soon as those guys start to hit their potential, <laughs> let's get them out the door. Let's bring in the next wave of stars. That's yeah. the San Diego Padres way. We'll be talking and I guess kind of drafting our most hated players off our respective teams coming up in segments number two and number three. But if you want to bet on which of our teams can win the NLS in 2024, Javi, where is the best place to do that? I don't know, man. You tell me. Okay, FanDuel. No, I know, I know. I know, I know. (laughs) He knows, guys. He knows it's FanDuel because they take Javi's money every single week because Javi (laughs) loves placing those basketball parlays down. I love it, man. He loves it, man, because right now he's not a new customer, but you can be because new customers get $150 of bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's 150 bucks if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. I'm a big same game parlay guy. Whenever the Lakers are playing, give me 80 over in points, 80 over in rebounds, and that Lakers money line. Now listen, that third leg of the parlay, the Lakers money line, doesn't always hit, but when it does, it feels good to see money enter my dip, enter my bank account and not leave it for one. So if you want money in your bank account, just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. 
back here on the Locked On Dimebacks crossover with Locked On Padres host Javier Reyes. And now we're going to be doing a little draft power ranking type thing. Not exactly in uh, order, but we're going to be taking the players our taking the players off each of each other's respective teams. The guys that have brought us the most frustration, the guys that mm, we may, yeah. you know, just sports hate, but have hate against these players. Again, mm. just in the sports world, just as fans, the malice mm. toward these guys as fans, because maybe it was a big moment. Maybe it was a trash talk, whatever it was. And then we're only keeping this to the players that we've seen since we've taken since we've taken over these podcasts. So I think we both started during, uh, during the pandemic, right? The 2020 season. Was that your first year? Yeah. Um, and, and it's funny because there's been some crossover, like even before this, right? Like, mm. you know, when Ian Kennedy was a Padre for a little bit, then he was a Diamondback for a little bit. Like there's been some similar players, but like it, it's funny that like I've never it's one of those things because I don't subscribe to the belief that you have to hate teams because they're in your division. Mm-hmm. I think you can sports hate them because it's like, you know, let's say if, you know, if you go to I don't know, I can't I can't think of another comparison right now, but it's just. It's, it's not the same. It's like Yankees, Red Sox versus Yankees, Orioles. It's like, yeah, Yankees, Orioles, they don't like each other, but it's not the same as Yankees, Red Sox, man. You know what I mean? And that's how I kind of feel about the Dimebacks, where it's been sports hate. You know what I mean? Like a really like we hate you, but like it's not like as personal and we don't get that crazy about it when it comes to the Dodgers. Ooh, oh, man. That's when it gets rough. That's when it gets rough. And dare I say, even the Rockies a little bit more only because of the infamous Matt Holiday thing. But uh, really excited to talk about it, man. Um, I will redeem myself for my weird glitch in my brain when you were trying to lead into the segue for the FanDuel ad. <laughs> no, you're good. No, you're all good. Um, yeah, why not just get right into the draft then? I actually right. think I saw a thing on Twitter last week saying, you know what? The Yankees-Orioles rivalry, sneakily bigger than the Yankees-Red Sox rivalry. I was like, really? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I Maybe modern day. Maybe modern, modern day you could argue maybe. that. Uh, just because... Well, it's it's tough it's tough no, no, i just i don't know man the yankees red sox is crazy <laughs> like all right gang type stuff you know what i mean yeah i'm gonna take a coin here mm. uh let's see heads or tails javi i mean i think you want to go with tails of course yeah i always go tails man i don't have a quarter today i have some sort of euro so Ooh. we'll make we'll make this side yeah. yeah and we'll make that side's tails okay okay for the people oh 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 and we got heads all right it looks like i'm going first but again it's not a draft so it doesn't really matter in this one (laughs) it's like who cares (laughs) more about the pride on the line i feel like the 49ers i'm taking the ball first guys oh too (laughs) soon too too soon (laughs) shout out san francisco hey they just got jorge soler that should make up for the super bowl loss you guys woke up to news they just got a guy i saw some crazy stats saying Real quick tangent. The Giants haven't had a 30 home run guy since yes. 2004. That's insane. You probably saw that from Just Baseball Media. Uh, it was <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that I contribute to. Everyone go check it out. It's a yeah, good website. Just yeah. It was Barry Bonds in 04. That's crazy. And that's, close, next closest yeah. was Brandon Belt, uh, I believe, in 2021. So that's that's wild. But yeah. I was like, the Oakland A's don't Brent matter. Rook. Yeah. Oakland A's <laughs> had Brent Rooker last year who had 30. You're telling me the Giants <laughs> can't find one guy that had 30 home runs in the last 20 years? That's crazy. Home runs All right. don't matter. Yeah, home runs don't matter. Back to the podcast. Number one for me that I'm taking of guys I hate on the San Diego Padres since 2020. This is probably the most obvious guy on this list. I actually think he gets a lot of unwarranted hate, but just in terms of those rivalry matchup games, he's the guy that I feel like talks the most trash. He's the guy that I feel like Mm. just doing the most stuff when he's out there. I'm going 
not Fernando Tatis. I'm going Manny Machado. He's the yeah. dude. Again, I think he gets a lot of unwarranted hate for being called lazy and all that. I feel like yeah. a lot of that stuff is unfair. But when he's going against his D-backs team and he's talking trash to our pitchers, yeah. I feel like no one on the Padres is more braggadocious or like abrasive or obnoxious mm-hmm. than a Manny Machado. I actually like Manny Machado a lot when he's not going against the D-backs because I've, I like all those intangibles he brings against the other matchups. But when it's against the D-backs and he's crushing three-run bombs and waving yeah. at our fans and talking crap to the pitchers, like yeah. that's when I'm not a fan of Manny Machado. So he's probably the guy that gets me the most irritated when I'm watching him against my team. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the most hated players of the sport probably mm-hmm. uh, overall. And a lot of that, as I've talked about in this podcast before, and people get mad at me sometimes, but there is warrant for it. I think that the lazy narrative is what it is, lazy. Uh, because yeah, that's he that. plays like every game. You know what I mean? So I think that's dumb. This is the same thing that happened with Robinson Cano with the Yankees where it's like, guys, I, I love Tatis when he runs fast and stuff. Guess what? Sometimes those guys get hurt. So I don't mind a guy who smokes the ball almost harder than everyone to third base to not necessarily run super fast because he smoked it. Like they're not going to, you know what I mean? It's not like a, a slow dribbler. <laughs> so is it every now and then, but he plays more games than literally everybody except for Paul Goldschmidt um, before he got hurt this year. So amazing stuff. Um, but when it comes to the dirty play stuff, eh, when it comes to being really braggadocious, but then being annoyed when the other team does it, shout out, I believe it was bruised our Gratterall in the playoffs a few years ago. Now don't get me wrong. The Dodgers fans are full of it bragging about how you beat us when our top two starters were out, whatever. That's the side of that. Uh, Bruce Dark Gratterall, like, pumping himself up and Machado mm-hmm. getting annoyed by that. It's like, we come on. We've been parading medallions and go slam Diego, so that was ridiculous. But I totally get it, and if, I think if we did this for literally every team, we were doing this draft for mm-hmm. who was your most hated Padre since 2020, it would easily, every single person would probably Machado. say Machado. Yeah, especially people who cover teams. Regular fans might say Tatis because people are still trying to pretend that steroids is the worst thing that an athlete could possibly do. Um, but other than that, it's Manny Machado for sure. I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. And I'm not even sure if I actually have the most vitriol for him on this list. It's more <laughs> of a combination of both talent and just his obnoxiousness at times that gets Absolutely. him number one. And also, I think the fan base would vote him number one. I think that's part of it. He may not be my personal number one, but he's high enough on my personal list with that fan base touch. He's going number one on my list. So, Who's totally understandable. Body? Uh, my my pick is going to be not the obvious one. I'm 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 cooking okay. that one. That one that one's <laughs> laying in the stove. You know what I mean? Okay, it's, marinating. It's, it's heating up. It's marinating. Thank you. That's okay. Um, it's Tommy Pham. <laughs> oh wow. Okay, <laughs> former a, Padre. A little former bit of a former Padre. Okay. I don't hate Tommy Pham as much as other people, but the atrocious vibes from this man cannot be understated. I think that it personally started with when he had his, and I'm not trying to make light of this at all, but he had a stabbing incident outside a club, I believe in the middle of the pandemic, if I'm not mistaken. So some people were wondering like, what are you doing there? And thankfully he was okay, but you know, he has some things, you know, CC, he might have some anger issues or what have you. So I don't want to be insensitive about it, but just really bad vibes hulking around the dugout. We already saw what he did with Jack Peterson a couple yeah. of years ago. That was New a back by the way. Please, Giants. Or no, I'm sorry. Please, Diamondbacks. Bring back Tommy Fam. Hey, we please, might. Please give me the Fam Jack Peterson platoon hey. at DH. That would make me almost root That'd for you crazy. guys. That would be That'd so be funny. <laughs> That'd be so good. But I remember, and I think it started from 
again, the bad vibes. He was unbelievably bad in the clutch uh, in the second half of their infamous 2021 collapse. So as a player, didn't succeed. The fact that he was the main piece of the Hunter Renfro trade with the Rays, obviously they got Cronenworth out of it, which was nice. But even still, um, Fam also, he had an incident when he ran into Hassan Kim in the outfield. And people might remember this where they butted heads. It was bad. And I think a lot of people didn't like the vibe of the fact that he didn't even check on Kim and looked like he was just angry the whole time. Now, again, body language, I try not to read too much into body language with the athletes. I think that's a, a wrong way to go about things. People process things differently, but I think that's where it started. And then the last piece of evidence for sure, this man hits against the Padres like his life depends on it, Miller. Like I, this dude hit like a, a home run when he was on the Reds. When he was on the Reds, I know that we're talking about Diamondbacks, but mm -hmm. he hit a home run into like the third deck. He never did anything remotely close to that when he was with the Padres. He hates the Padres. I, I am almost certain of it. This man hates us so much. And he, like I said, he just does really well against us combined with just the, the bad mojo overall. I think that a lot of um, Padres fans probably shut um share this belief as well. Uh, he has an OPS of 930 hitting against the Padres, which is higher than nearly every team with the exception of the Mets. Let's see, the Mets, Tigers, and the Reds. Those are the only other teams that, he hits, that he's hit better against. So and coincidence, I think not. So Tommy Fan's my first pick. Javi and I will continue our draft of taking the most hated players from our respective teams. But if you want to catch D-backs and Padres games this season, the best place to buy tickets is, of course, Game Time. Because Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices, all in prices show your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. With zone deals, you pick the section and game time picks the seats for big time savings. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And just last year against the, the Padres, he had 947 OPS and the most RBIs against any team was against the Padres with 10. So he, he did crush them last year on both the Mets and D-backs. That's a fun pick there. I know everyone wants Tommy Pham to come back. There was a report last week that the D-backs are kind of, you know, sniffing around the Tommy Pham market again to pair Ooh. with Jock Peterson. So that would be a, a pretty incredible pairing in the in the locker room. And it is funny to say that he's a bad locker room guy because when he came to the D-backs, he kind of flipped that narrative a little yeah. bit. Uh, like he had the World Series game too, where mm -hmm. he gave up in at bat so Jace Peterson can get his only at bat in the World Series. Like yeah. this guy became selfless. And it's like, oh, everyone yeah. loves him now. So it's funny that he like turned that whole script and narrative he had on him. <laughs> like he might have just hate the Padres. And again, I don't hate him. I'm just saying that Padres fans certainly do. And it's just he hates us. <laughs> like the band just kills us every time. So hey, 
given the Padres clubhouse weird rumors and reports over the past few seasons, basically since we've both been hosting, maybe it's not without merit, right? Like maybe this um, substantiates that um, belief a little bit more. Maybe it's not. Well, I'm, I'm going to do something along the same lines here because for my number two guy that I'm taking that I hate, I'm taking Mark the Shark Melanson, <laughs> okay, who was on the D-backs this past year collecting a check and didn't play. And then the previous year was pitched for the D-backs, supposed to be our answer to our closing problems the last few years. He did a 4-6-6 year, right? After coming mm-hmm. off the year, we made the all-star team and led the league in saves at the San Diego Padres. The D-backs ninth inning was maybe uh-huh. their biggest weakness since I've taken over this podcast. I thought Mark the Shark Melanson was going to be the answer to our problems and instead he was a double agent working for the Padres at the same time collecting <laughs> checks and just giving up home runs left and right Mark the shark was never the answer I wanted him to be good so badly and he would just not and the thing is this is the second time he burned me because I did grow up as a Red Sox fan and we look at his career the only other time he was really terrible was that one year in Boston so Mark the shark he has bit me twice in my fandom as a baseball guy <laughs> he is number two on my list it's funny because Lance said, yeah, two, 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 three ERA with the Padres, 39 mm-hmm. saves. And then with the D-backs, it was immediate too, by the way. <laughs> yeah. um, and I remember seeing you tweet about it. And you were like, I, I can't stand this. It's really it frustrating bad. when players who age well, you're like, they keep doing it every year. And then you finally, your team acquires said player. And then they have the fall off final. You know what I mean? Like that must yeah. be really, really maddening. It's like, say the Nationals or the Padres with Nelson Cruz. Right. Where it's like, finally, this guy fell off and just can't hit anymore. And it's when we got him right. Instead of all those years, he was just quietly super effective for teams like the Mariners um, and the Twins. Uh, But yeah, man, I I totally get it. He was great for us. Everyone loved sending around on Padres Twitter the picture of Don Orsillo, our play by play guy, holding Mm -hmm. like a a shark like a mini shark fish thing. (laughs) They'd always post that whenever he got a save. So I loved Melanson. I know Dodd certainly did the way he did on the calls. Really effective, like, ground ball pitcher uh, that aged really well, but that just killed the Diamondbacks and made one of the worst bullpens. It just never had a closer until they traded for... Uh, guys like Paul Seawald. So. Yeah, and like you said, it was the media. In the month of May, his second month with the D-backs, he gave up 11 earned runs and nine mm. innings pitch. was absolutely horrendous, 10-6-1 ERA. So I hate him, number two on my list. Javi, who's number two for you? Um, the second one on my list is going to be a dumb one because I'm okay. saving. I'm saving the big one. You know, I, I got to save it. This is dumb, and I'm going to keep it brief. Christian Walker. Um, Christian I know, Walker. really dumb. The only okay. reason... I had him on my fantasy team in 2022. Okay. Yeah, he was bad. And he was he was good. He's a good player. Hit 36 home runs. Yeah, yeah. But do you know how bad it was seeing one of the unluckiest players in the sport? It reminded me very much of Manny Machado in Baltimore at points. There was a season where Manny Machado was like the unluckiest player in baseball. And Christian Walker, if I'm not mistaken, had like a top five isolated power mark of all position players. He had a 248 Babbitt in 2022, which is why he didn't get on base nearly as much as he should have, despite hitting 36 home runs and all that stuff. So he was getting really unlucky. It was just maddening to watch at points. But otherwise, love the guy. Dare I say one of the most underrated, if not the most underrated, first baseman in all of baseball. 
Oh, thank you. Ended that well. I thought you were going to tell me you drafted him in 2021 while I was telling everyone he was going to be the steal of the draft. And then just so I may or may not have drafted him that year as well. <laughs> okay. I was like, you took in 2022. You got the good Christian Walker late in the draft. But if you took 2021, yeah. oh, that one was a big he's been miss. for a while, man, too. This isn't like yeah. a one year, basically since 2019. You yeah, know, like he's, he's had a WRC plus over 100 psych from 2021, which is weird. And he hits, he hits bombs, man. And yeah. Gold Glover. That's yeah. the other thing. Man, I would love the universe in which the Padres had that instead of a certain first baseman they had for a while, you know? Well, Christian Walker is a pending free agent at the end of this season. So a yes, big sir. Christian Walker year coming up for the D-backs. Will they re-sign him? Will they give him a big contract? Or will they try to develop one of these youngsters out their minor league system to be the next first baseman of the future? That's it for this edition of the Locked On Dimebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow. For more Dimebacks news coverage and insight, we'll have part two with Javier Reyes drafting the rest of our guys that we hate the most off our respective teams. So be on the lookout for that. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Doses.